0: Welcome, fellow acolytes. I am your fellow Sith Lord Ty, and with me today is
1: uh, a Dark Lady of the Sith, Kaylee.
0: And this this monumentous day, mon, mon, monumentous, mon, monumentous is that the word? I think so. I think that's the word. <laughs> um, on this monumentous day, on January first of 2022, this podcast is finally released after like seven months of build-up. If you don't know who we are, we're a podcast in which we talk about all of Star Wars, chronologically, or we try to, until we die, because there's so much.
1: There's there's no end in sight from no, point, no. point A right now. Point B is like 20 years, I feel like.
0: Yeah, it's far down the line. Uh, books we break down by chapter. Comic book runs will be broken down by issue, and series will be broken down by episodes, so Clone Wars, for example, will be episodic in chronological order. And movies, well, you just get us talking about the movies, because guess what? They're movies. Before we get started, we need to play some Hollows for you all, and uh, just so you know where we are at, and just so you know what we are about, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WayfinderPod. It'll be down in the description, all this will be. You can follow me on Twitter at Wanawanga and you can follow Kaylee at
1: Darth Lady Shaw it's the only dark Sith woman so far at this point as of when we're recording this in canon in canon there's some inquisitors but yeah but only like top top gal and she was like a long time ago before all of this fun stuff
0: Yes. So, if you want to leave a donation, there will be a link in the description for you to do so. We are 100% listener-funded, and we pay our artists and composers so it isn't free. Plus, I want to send my son to Galaxy's Edge when he's of age. (laughs) No,
1: no, no, no. no. (laughs) Ty wants to go to Galaxy's Edge, like...
0: We're all Star Wars fans here. At
1: some point.
0: So, speaking of which, the person who designed our logo is an individual who runs Why Not Stuff, and you can buy some of his merch at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash why not stuff. Sorry, I wrote stories. I don't know why. Go get some uh, great composition from Augusto Denise. He's over at fiverr.com, and his profile will also be in the description below. So with that being said, we are getting into the title and the opening crawl for Light of the Jedi.
1: Dun, dun, dun!
0: To distinguish, in every single uh, High Republic book, there is technically a crawl. But the crawl in the other books are pretty basic and pretty just uh, not really dull. But the one here in Light of the Jedi, where it reads a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, Light of the Jedi, High Republic, and then it goes into, in my opinion, a lot more thorough crawl. And that's the one we'll read for this book. And that's the one that I think, in my personal opinion, um, all, help, the, all help, the help
1: set up the entire high republic
0: with that being said uh before we get into the crawl what do you think about the title by charles soul light of the jedi
1: i think it shows um i think it finally shows that we're going to be seeing uh, a peaceful time with the republic but it's also what i feel like the jedi feel like they're coming out with you know, like, they're they're trying to spread... I don't want to say positivity because that sounds disgusting. Ew. Bright um,
0: and shiny. Bright. Was ew. That? Is that Bubble Boy? Oh, my God. This is Star Wars. Continue.
1: Wow. Let's go back to 93 just now. Um. <laughs> I don't want to say positivity because that, you know, to me sounds sickening. But, you know, they're trying to push their light side. And I feel like they're going to, like, Rash and burn because here in a second when we go through this crawl mm. it's positive but it's a force positivity
0: what i think you're trying to say and i'm not mansplaining to you but i'm going to go off of it light of the jedi instead of positivity what you could say is that the jedi are an embodiment of hope during this time period
1: i think they're trying to force feed people hope that's what that's I what i what i'm getting mm. from this crawl so we'll I feel like the name... Well, we're not name, at the
0: crawl yet. I
1: know. The name goes with it. But then, what's the name of the next book?
0: I don't I don't feel like it's Test of Courage, technically, but Into the Dark. But it, we're talking about Light of the Jedi.
1: Right. But it goes from Light to Into the Dark. Well,
0: it's... it the, there's a reason for that. That's like a year down the line. <laughs> so, Light of the Jedi. It, light of the Jedi, to me, is in this time period during the High Republic, you are actually seeing Jedi actually be Jedi. Because during the Age of the Republic, which would be the prequel trilogies, you don't see the Jedi be Jedi. What you see is you've seen a bureaucracy take over of an ancient mythic organization, and they've kind of corrupted their idealism. They've kind of uh, pushed them to the side. Because as we'll see in this book, there's not just one Jedi temple that's stuck on the mainland city, planet city of Coruscant. It's it spread out, and that the Jedi are very diverse. So to me, Light of the Jedi represents the fact that we are officially getting Jedi. Like, this is what you think of, or should think of, when you think of Jedi. That's my mind.
1: Alright, I feel like the crawl here in a second actually goes into the, the fact that...
0: I haven't read the crawl, so this will be the first time.
1: It actually goes into the fact that something that's going to be introduced... Uh, isn't independently run by the temple on Coruscant. So, interesting little foreshadowing for you there.
0: I'm not sure what you mean, but uh, <laughs> I will read the crawl, and then you can point it to me. Afterwards. I shall do so. So, with that being said, drumroll. Uh, the forces with the galaxy. It is the time of the High Republic a peaceful union of like-minded worlds where all voices are heard and governor, govern, <laughs> govern,
1: governance Gov- and,
0: and governance, and is achieved through consensus, not coercion or fear. It is an era of ambition, of culture, of inclusion, of great works. This sounds like, never mind, I'll read this first. Visionary <laughs> Chancellor Lena So leads the republic from elegant city world of Coruscant, located near the bright center of the galactic core. But beyond the core and its many peaceful colonies, there is the Rim, inner, mid, and finally at the border of what is known the Outer Rim. These worlds are filled with opportunity for those brave enough to travel the few well-mapped hyperspace lanes leading to them. Though there is a danger as well. The Outer Rim is haven for anyone seeking to escape the laws of the Republic and is filled with predators of every type. Chancellor So has pledged to bring the Outer Rim worlds into the embrace of the Republic through ambitious outreach programs such as Starlight Beacon. But until it is brought online, order and justice are maintained on the galactic frontier by Jedi Knights, guardians of peace who have mastered incredible abilities stemming from the mysterious energy field known as the Force. The Jedi work closely with the Republic and have agreed to establish outposts in the Outer Rim to help anyone who might require aid. The Jedi of the Frontier can be the only resource for people with nowhere else to turn. Though the outposts operate independently and without direct assistance from the Great Jedi Temple on Coruscant, they act as an effective deterrent to those who would do evil in the dark. Few can stand against the Knights of the Jedi Order, but there are always those who will try.
1: Now something that I just caught already that I didn't catch you know, going through this four times, is they say Into the Dark, which is quite literally one of the next few books. Yeah. And I think that's mm. I think it's on purpose. I think mm. when when do they not do things
0: But the difference is is uh I've read Into the Dark. So yeah, there's like a juxtaposition there, but it's not necessarily the same villains as this book they're completely different
1: we shall see
0: yes in a year i'm going to reread the first paragraph it is the time of the high republic a peaceful union of like-minded worlds where all voices are heard and government governance is achieved through consensus not coercion or fear it is an era of ambition of culture of inclusion of great works visionary chant visionary chancellor lena so leads the republic from the elegant city world of coruscant located near the bright center of the galactic core now what this very first paragraph does is the closest time period to this period would be the age of the republic and this whole paragraph is kind of uh differentiating itself from the age of the republic in the prequel trilogy You know, instead of the age of the Republic, it's the High Republic. And it basically goes on, ambition, culture, inclusion, great works. It's like a...
1: Renaissance?
0: Yes. So what this paragraph is immediately doing is like a... It's showing like the Renaissance. It's like the Renaissance of the Republic. And one of the things it has to do from the age of the Republic is differentiate Palpatine or Chancellor Valorum which he wasn't really Chancellor, really. To Chancellor Lena So, who uh, has some really good intentions. So, that, that's my thoughts on the first paragraph. What about you?
1: I feel like this is kind of like a indoctrination into oh, some form no. of, like, dictatorship.
0: It's that this is... A the-
1: peaceful union a- of like-minded worlds. So you're saying the people who don't agree with you, you're basically shipping them off to the outer rim. That's what I no. hear.
0: No, because they are trying to unite the outer rim. They they're trying to launch this Starlight Beacon as a symbol of hope and optimism in the galaxy and bring the outer rim in. Of course, we know that doesn't work because prequels the original trilogy. Well right, theology. but if you
1: look at the last sentence of the second pair or the Technically a third paragraph, whatever. It says the Outer Rim is a haven for anyone seeking to escape the laws of the Republic and is filled with every, or with filled with predators of every type.
0: Well, that's also because the Outer Rim is the furthest away from the core worlds and it's the largest area. But since it's not being governed by the Republic, Chancellor So is trying to bring them in and is trying to be a beacon of hope for the entire galaxy, just like the Jedi are a beacon of hope. See, for... this
1: this is getting, giving me off way different vibes than a beacon of hope. This is giving vibes of trying to control things. It's the little things here and there. You know, we have peaceful use, union of like-minded worlds. You have, they call Chancellor <laughs> Lena So a visionary. Um... The embrace of the Republic through ambitious outreach programs. That just screams control to me. Screams it. Ambitious outreach programs.
0: How would that scream control if you're trying to help somebody? Because because we know that because this... Because
1: the government always has an agenda. But we know,
0: <laughs> we know here that this is the height of the Republic and the height of the Jedi. This is the time in which the Republic and the Jedi are a symbol of hope.
1: Yes, but it's my belief that this is the peak. You got to go downhill at some point. I think this is the beginning of the downhill because of their ambitious outreach programs and them trying to control the Outer Rim.
0: See, I don't think that because the very first part of this book is the Great Disaster and that's what throws everything haywire. It's not a spoiler to say the Great Disaster happens because, I mean, that was one of the preludes for this book, but... The Great Disaster happens, and you have to send the entire Republic or the Jedi Force to all of these worlds to help out and try to combat this somehow, which, you know, these worlds get destroyed. And Lena So is trying to bring them together and have Starlight Beacon, but of course, you know, what happens if you put out a piece of legislation that's supposed to... uh, bring everybody together and then uh, like for example a terrorist attack happens. It's going to push people away more despite like the intention. So that that's kind of what I'm getting from this.
1: Okay so you even like the phrase that the Jedi can be used as an effective deterrent.
0: Well people are afraid of Jedis. I don't like it's not that I don't like the I don't phrase. like that
1: I don't like that phrase at all.
0: Okay. Well, it, I'm not saying I don't like it. Whether I like it or not to me is completely irrelevant. The Jedi are effective deterrent is true because people are afraid of Jedis and they don't understand Jedis. In this book it's not like the Jedi are used for that method. So hindsight's twenty twenty. from my point of view. They aren't put out like, you know, Clone Wars Jedis.
1: Mm, I don't know. I just have a feeling that there's gonna be something, and I don't think it's gonna be in this book. I think it's gonna be some point in the High Republic. Something takes a turn for the worse. Well because they're so, you know, up front about being effective deterrents, about you know, their ambitious outreach programs.
0: See, I don't even I don't think it's that. What what we're gonna what we're gonna find out when we meet these Jedi. Is that these Jedi are vastly different? They're not one-track mind. They're not Mace Windu and Yoda, and
1: even though Yoda does technically,
0: yeah, he's a council member. He's here, um, but he's he's not a one-track mind. He's not uh, Ki-Adi-Mundi, uh, Mace Windu, and Yoda in the prequel trilogy. Every Jedi is vastly different, and they go about things va- in vast different ways. They feel and hear or interpret the force in vastly different ways like these are like if qui-gon had a thousand babies and they all just did whatever the hell they wanted that's kind of what this is like
1: well you know i'm gonna i'm gonna need charles soul to to reassure my hope in the jedi then well ta- because george lucas just crushed every dream i had of what the jedi is jedi actually were
0: Well, I mean, that's because that was the fall of the Jedi. But it's really hard to tell a story about the fall of the Jedi if you didn't really establish them in the first place. So, that's my opinion. Um, Second paragraph. Because we went kind of (laughs) everywhere. But beyond the core and its many peaceful colonies, there is a rim, inner, mid, and finally at the border of what is known the Outer Rim, which is the largest territory with the most worlds, these worlds are filled with opportunity for those brave enough to travel the the few well mapped hyperspace lanes leading to them.
1: And it th- oh sorry, finish the sentence.
0: Though there is a danger as well.
1: And you know, this is this is very interesting to me because I'm a tragedian. Yeah, you know, in
0: Republic credits are no good here.
1: In literally all of the movies in the Skywalker Saga, the outer rim is very much known. And you know, even I guess after the the prequel trilogy, you know, I read the Ahsoka book, and there's still planets in the Outer Rim that are very sparse with habitants, I guess. yeah, um, With people living there.
0: Low resources. Yes. Everything's held together by, like, duct tape and glue.
1: Yeah, so to think that this was going on, you know, 200 years previous to where they were, you know, getting people out to the Outer Rim and... Developing the hyperspace land, it still blows my mind that you know, 200 years later, there's still planets that have you know, Tatooine, who's basically it's cut off from everything, still kind of an outlaw type planet.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's even to the point, you know. Well,
1: wow, yeah,
0: I need something more real, and you know, in the outer rim, it's kind of like. Certain areas of the Outer Rim are more so controlled by gangsters and those who have power because there's no government out there. So, you know, Jabba controls his little area and the inhabitants are, are mostly so s- scarce and out of work, they're having to resort to illegal activities um, and they constantly live in fear. Or, for example, they work for somebody like Jabba the Hutt.
1: Or, or one of the, the crime syndicates. Something. Makes sense.
0: Do you have anything to add on for that paragraph?
1: Um... And then, I didn't even finish it. No, I mean the last sentence says the outer rim is a haven for anyone seeking to escape the laws of the Republic and is filled with predators of every type. So there's two parts to that sentence. you know, the people who are trying to escape the laws of the Republic because they don't agree and agree necessarily with what's going on. And this is kind of where I was getting the idea of possibly like, you know, this is starts to be the downfall, maybe a dictatorship type feeling you know, something, because in the first paragraph they said that it was an era of ambition, of culture, of inclusion, of great works, but people are still wanting to escape the laws of the Republic because maybe they don't necessarily agree with what Chancellor So is doing.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, uh, um, we'll get into it more once we read these books, but there are some things that I think are legitimate concerns, maybe, but I, I don't... Um, you think
1: I'm just being a conspiracy theorist? No,
0: I mean, <laughs> I, I can't get into it without spoiling the chapters. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I have not read. I've read like a total of eight chapters of this book. I have not read the entirety at this point. So I can't really spoil. And I've much. pretty much
0: read the audiobook for every single Star Wars book, but my brain holds on to the big concepts and lets the little things slide through the cracks. So um it is uh chancellor so has pledged to bring the outer rim worlds into the embrace of the republic through ambitious outreach programs such as starlight beacon which starlight beacon is supposed to be a symbol of hope it's also a jedi academy yes um
1: kind of kind of like a temple in space itself
0: yes in which starlight beacon can uh pass out resources and uh, variable other things to the Outer Rim in order to bring them in and to help them out. But until it is brought online, order and justice are maintained on the galactic frontier by Jedi Knights, guardians of peace and justice who have mastered incredible abilities stemming from a mysterious energy field known as the Force. The Jedi work closely with the Republic and have agreed to establish outposts in the Outer Rim to help any who might require aid. Mm. So what we're seeing is the the Jedi not necessarily playing politics, we're seeing Jedis that are actually helping people. So yeah, that's kind of what we're seeing. Instead of the Jedi doing, you know, for example, Chancellor Palpatine's will, you know, they're actually helping people that are actually in danger, as we'll get into.
1: See, it kind of... So it kind of concerns me that the Republic is so gung-ho for trying to get the Outer Rim incorporated into the core worlds, but yet it's the Jedi who technically have no actual ties, so to so to speak, with the Republic itself, other than they kind of agree to exist together.
0: They're their own separate body.
1: Right, but the Republic is not itself sending the Eight out. It's the Jedi.
0: Yes, and then...
1: To me, that's concerning. If the Republic's the one that's wanting the Outer Worlds to be a part of the Republic, but they're not the one sending the aid out, the Outer Rim is there then for getting the hope, putting hope into the Jedi. They're not putting hope into the Republic. And I think that is something that shows later on in, like, say, the prequel trilogies when they're still not a part of the core worlds essentially
0: well you're spoiling the book and you're raising books or points that are um talked about in the book (laughs) like there are points in which um there's a lot
1: being set up in this
0: crawl apparently (laughs) that uh jedi master avar chris and the other jedi masters talk with chancellor so about you know how to best go about what happens so there is some collaboration there.
1: So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sort of on the path.
0: No, I mean, it. I think it's common sense that from this point, everything goes downhill because we have the prequels, obviously. I mean, this is to differentiate from the prequels. In the prequels, you had a government body and a Jedi body that were the same body. Um, Jedi weren't allowed to have different ideas, deals. You weren't allowed to have attachment in the prequels. So there's going to be a lot of things in this book and these books that challenge those concepts as they slowly like slip downhill while standing like so we'll get into them but
1: but not yet
0: (laughs) no um which paragraph am i on uh
1: we're on the first true one on the second page
0: the jedi of the frontier can be the only resource for people with nowhere else to turn through the outpost.
1: Though the outposts.
0: Oh. Though the outposts operate independently and without direct assistance from the great Jedi Temple on Coruscant, they act as an effective deterrent to those who would do evil in the dark.
1: So, God, I sound like I have a piece of tinfoil on my head. So, who is the people who, who, who sets the standard for what evil in the dark looks like?
0: the nihil will once we get to the nihil.
1: i don't know who that is
0: yes exactly (laughs) you're asking questions that are answered in the book
1: but they're good questions then if they're answered in the book these are good questions to have right now sorry i'm thinking like an english teacher
0: yes but (laughs) but yes but you're also the same person while the movie's going on you're asking what happens to this character when it's answered you know what i mean You know, it's like I don't know what you're talking about. It's there. It's there. We just we just got to chill with it. So I
1: can't chill. I want (laughs) to know now. So the
0: Jedi. Well, it's going to be a year. The (laughs) Jedi of the frontier can be the only resource for people with nowhere else to turn, which is a really fascinating concept because Jedi in this book are the embodiment of hope. Like literally, like when you think of a Jedi, and and you haven't read this book, you think of like Yoda nah throw that throw that man in the trash can i want avar chris she's dope like
1: see i don't like this line either
0: (laughs) oh my god
1: so the jedi of the frontier can be the only resource for people with nowhere else to turn why why are they the only resource uh eventually you know there's gonna be the crime syndicates people are gonna turn to them over the jedi because the jedi have just fallen
0: Some of these que- that questions going to be answered in this book.
1: Oh my gosh! Look at me go! And 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 <laughs> you know to be to be fair. So to be fair, you didn't think before we did this episode that the crawl was that intricate. But no, I think
0: no, 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 no. You, I, I think you this thinking crawl. It. Okay. This crawl is intricate. The ones that are played like in the beginning of Test of Courage and Into the Dark. Those are just like. We're in the High Republic. Welcome to the High Republic. And the reason I chose this was it's so intricate.
1: You know, and I think every sentence was put in here meticulously to set up for the entire book and to essentially set up for the entire High Republic.
0: Well, it's crazy because, you know, know, with Star Wars, we talk about balance, right? Mm -hmm. Every paragraph is like, Oh, the Jedi are hopeful and optimistic. And you're like, yeah. And then it's like, they're the only deterrent that can effectively work. It's it's
1: extremely balanced out and it is a very particular placement of each thing.
0: Yes. So, though the outposts operate independently and without direct assistance from the great Jedi temple on Coruscant, they act as an effective deterrent to those who would do evil in the dark. Hmm. No, you know, once you get to uh, freaking the nihil, you will understand. You will understand, because
1: because I I don't right now. They're like Cause it, cause, Mad
0: Max terrorists.
1: Because it's because to me, it's a it's a concept. You know, it's a really high out there concept for the Jedi to think independently for themselves, not as a whole and. You know, essentially, you know, one temple having different uh, viewpoints
0: from another beliefs
1: I, beliefs from the what everyone has considered to be the main Jedi temple on Coruscant all these years.
0: Well, let's let's put it into perspective. So we know Qui Gon was like he would fit right into this era. I would agree, uh, and he was shunned by the Jedi Council. For his rash beliefs, because he was too far out there. Now, in Master and Apprentice, will eventually get there. They do offer him a spot on the council because they believe that the council could use
1: a differing different viewpoint. Yeah. So, you know, Qui Gon is shunned. So, would this era would they have accepted Duku?
0: What What do you mean, like Duku? Because Duku was a Jedi.
1: Right, but Duku left the order essentially because of his different viewpoints and the fact that he was taking over his family's crown. there
0: there, hmm, <laughs> there is a place in Into the Dark, which will be three years from now, um, where Jedi's can take. Sabbaticals we need to not.
1: We need to stop with the whole three years from now. I think we might where, be scared. Where <laughs>
0: where Jedi's can take sabbaticals and take a break. From the Jedi themselves, and then just come back and be a Jedi. So they can live their life. So
1: Do- Dooku could have remained yeah, essentially, in this era. essentially. Wow.
0: Yeah. It, it's crazy. They're completely different. And we'll read the last two sentences. Few can stand against the knights of the Jedi Order, implying... That there's obviously some who can.
1: Obviously, yeah, something out there that's going to stand their ground.
0: But there are always those who will try. Like I said, pretty redundant based on what I said. Mm -hmm. So you have the Nihil, which are like Mad Max terrorists. And then there's another villain that's introduced into the dark that I will not get into because I will leave it for you to be surprised. Thank you. I
1: appreciate that.
0: So yeah, it was a it was a pretty insightful crawl. Um, I appreciate how Charles Soule's balance everything out. He pretty much explains the entire High Republic just from this. You're like, okay, you can differentiate it from the prequel trilogy, and you can just pretty much be on your way into the first chapter. And then you read part one, the Great Disaster. But, but and you're you know, like, the
1: me? the crawl in chapter one are two completely different things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this book has 44 chapters, and most of them are like three to four pages long. And they he does that to kind of punch you in the gut a lot. And
1: then most definitely, you know, because I've only, like I said, I've only read like six, seven, eight chapters, something like that. Um, and those six, seven, eight chapters punch you in the gut. Yeah, they do. Like to the point of you wanting to vomit, <laughs> dear Lord. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, do you have anything else to add to the crawl? Um. Anything you're looking forward to while we dive into this book? I
1: hope my conspiracies come true eventually in the High Republic. It may not come true in this book. But I, I he wouldn't have put it in there. He wouldn't have put it in there. If it wasn't something that was going to take place later on. And I have never in my life until now becoming an English teacher, um, uh, Analyze something like what I just did. (laughs) The (laughs) dead speak. (laughs) This is going to be fantastic Uh, and so much fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to everyone listening.
0: It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're listening to this, this is January 1st. This episode and the first five chapters will have dropped, and then on the following week, you get an episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I repeat, every Monday wednesday and friday at midnight so if you're up in the morning and you're going to work you can listen to us for 20 30 minutes on your route to work
1: we're we're great conversationalists in the morning
0: yes yes <laughs> so uh make sure you follow us on twitter make sure you engage with us if you engage with the wayfinder pod on twitter i guarantee you i will engage back literally when i'm at home all i do is engage with y'all because i want to build a positive community i don't want it to be a toxic community i don't you know, I'm, there are, no, are going to be no political beliefs. There's going to be no news on this podcast. It's just us exploring and analyzing the content. I don't care about the fandom menace. I don't care about...
1: Um, we just lost an entire demographic.
0: I don't care that you don't like Kathleen Kennedy or or things like a toxic negative manner. You can not like these series of books and still be respectful about opinion. So that's what I want to... Build. So if you go over to the Wayfinder pod on Twitter, I will engage with you 100% bar none. If you're condescending, you'll see. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he likes to have spirited conversations. I,
0: I like to have respectful conversations. I'd rather dive into the lore and, you know, what we love about Star Wars than talk about what we hate, you know. Uh, if you spend your entire life hating something and talking about how much you've hated, you've probably never lived a day in your life. So, um let's just keep it positive on the community let's build the community up
1: and respect people's opinions yeah
0: basically that's what star wars is about it's a galaxy far far away so you might as well do that so with that being said follow us on all the social media platforms donate if you would like to donate tune in every monday wednesday and friday and you can email us at wayfinder at gmail wayfinderpod at gmail.com and ask us questions tell us how you became a star wars fan We'll read them on the podcast. You know why? Because we love hearing about it. So, with that being said,
1: the dead speak.
0: The dead speak.